My name is August McLaughlin, and I've been contemplating girl boners for years. It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin, a spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting, and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted, and she loves to talk sex. There should be a word for that moment when you realize a relationship is over. With my ex, that moment could be summarized in one syllable, dog. I adored my foster dog, Zoe, immediately, but my then-boyfriend really, really didn't. And with that, our bond began crumbling. And months later, we broke up. After seeking a new place that would welcome me and Zoe, I moved in, and a very kind and amazing guy who lived next door with a pet of his own and I became friends and then partners. And a year and a half later, we got married on the doorstep that we met on. Animals have since remained a key part of our relationship. Looking back, it doesn't surprise me or animal behavioral experts that the same animal that drove one relationship apart ignited and still fuels another. Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, everyone. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and I'm so thankful that you're listening. That opening came from an article I wrote for Livestrong earlier this year on the pros and cons of adding a pet to your relationship. I, of course, being the animal-obsessed person that I am, wanted to cover the pros only. My editor suggested adding the cons, and I'm actually glad she did because pets do bring a lot of responsibility. I know a lot of people have questions about them, and it's not a decision to take lightly. But just a heads up that I and my incredible guest today are slightly biased towards pets are awesome and everything and all the perks. So we will aim to provide balanced information, though with hopes so that we can all learn and laugh and swoon a little bit. We'll even weigh in for a listener whose dog is making spontaneous sex with her boyfriend a little bit tricky with the help of Dr. Megan Fleming. First, we need to dip into a little butt sex because did you know that this month is anal August? I love saying that because, hello, anal August. I need that on a t-shirt. To quote one of the lovely folks at the pleasure chest, isn't that cheeky? I seriously need that, like I said, on a shirt. But more importantly, if you'd like to learn more about butt sex or sexual health or sex toys and a whole lot more, please head to thepleasurechest.com or visit one of their stores in Los Angeles, New York, or Chicago. Here in L.A. on August 25th, they're hosting an endless summer anal August celebration. Maybe that's where I'll get my shirt from noon until 4. It's free with DJ Skulls as entertainment, on-site food trucks, and complimentary beverages. Don't miss our That's the Spot, they said. It's a workshop from 2 to 3 p.m. where sex specialists will cover everything you ever wanted to know about G-Spot and prostate play, a.k.a. P-Spot play, and you can enter a raffle to win a B-Vibe gift basket. You can also join me and two fantastic guests, Erica Garza and Susie Favor Hamilton, for Girl Boner Radio Live on Sunday, October 7th at the Pleasure Chest in West Hollywood at 4 p.m. We'll read from our books and explore the topic intimate writing. To learn more, visit my website, augustmclaughlin.com, and sign up for occasional extras by email. Speaking of wonderful people and wonderful writing and stories. We have a very, very special episode in store for you today with one of my very, very, very favorite people. Heidi Mastro Giovanni is a dedicated animal welfare advocate who lives in Los Angeles with her musician husband and their beautiful rescue senior dogs. Heidi is a graduate of Wesleyan University and was chosen as one of Screenwriting U's 15 most recommended screenwriters of 2013. The comedy web series she writes and produces, Verdine and Glenita, my dad loves that by the way, was awarded the hot spot on the Writers Guild of America's hot list. Lala Pettibone's Act Two, Heidi's first published novel, embraces the themes found in all of her work. It's never too late to begin again, and it must be cocktail hour somewhere. The second book in the series, Lala Pettibone, Standing Room Only, will be released by Amberjack Publishing on September 4th. Thank you for joining me, Heidi. I am so thrilled to be here. I'm just smiling the whole time. Tell me a little bit about the specialness of animals in your life. I know that you have had a very long history of adoring animals. I, they, August, they are an essential 
an absolutely essential part of my life. We got our first family, we got our dog when I was seven in Connecticut, and he died when I was 23. He stayed with my parents when I went to college. He stayed with my parents when I moved to New York. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that he was my baby brother. And uh, that was it. That was it. I was hooked. And I've, I've just always, always loved animals. And I can't have a home without an animal in it. I just, I can't. You've had cats. Yes. I know you had cats when I met you. And yes. you had Eunice the Beagle. Yes. Who was so, who was so precious and so spirit-filled yeah. and lived a very long life, much thanks to you. When did you start becoming drawn to older animals? I think Eunice was the catalyst. Um, we, uh, Tom and I had the cats. Who And uh, when you're in the animal rescue community, you are in the emails, in the email threads and for some reason one went out that said senior beagle needs a foster home and i i just don't know you know it was just one of those well if if you can't find a foster home we'll take her and then i didn't hear anything for a few weeks and i thought oh they must have found a home and then we got the email and uh the gentleman said come pick her up it was at park la brea come get her and honestly the second that i walked into his apartment and i saw this sweet. She was a small beagle, as you know. She was mm-hmm. a smaller sized beagle. And the second that I saw her, a voice in my head said, oh, that's my dog. Mm-hmm. And that was just it. And then when I learned more about senior animals, oh, gosh, you know, they'll end up in shelters and, 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 and you know, they have almost no chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, thankfully, there are many, many, many groups that, that especially focus on senior animals. They are the sweetest things on earth. Mm. All they want is a second or a third or a fourth chance for a loving, permanent home. And I know we'll talk about that more in terms of animals and relationships. But they're the sweetest things. And there's nothing that makes me happier than sitting on the couch with my our three current seniors. <laughs> I feel that. I do. And they are amazing. Thank you. Did you know immediately when you started writing that they would be a part of your stories? That's such a great question. I I just, knowing that Lala, in these particular books, in the Lala series, she and I are so similar. There's just no way that that couldn't have been a big part of her story. It just, it just happened without me even deciding that that would be the case. Mm. And they're in your second book, too. Oh, boy, yes, they sure yeah. are. It's eternal for her. It's it's really eternal. They're without without uh, no spoilers involved, there are some feral cats involved in the second book and and feral cat colonies which help maintain cats and and take care of them and more on that at some point but it's it's all about animal welfare animals make every story better again i know i'm biased but i really believe that i think we're biased and we're right yeah yeah i i'm totally with you there for sure so i know one of the big benefits of potentially adding an animal, a pet, to your relationship is boosted health and longevity. And there's actually research that shows this by the American Heart Association that people who have dogs are much more likely to have healthier cholesterol and blood pressure levels, be less vulnerable to physical effects of stress, and more likely to survive a heart attack. You know, I always say, and I know you've heard me say this before, when you adopt an animal, when you take an animal into your family, you get much more than you give. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. I remember when I adopted Zoe, the dog I mentioned earlier, and I had that moment of I met her. I mean, I met her. It's not like I went to go see. You have this encounter, mm-hmm. and it just she got in my car, and I saw her gigantic head <laughs> behind me from the rearview mirror, and I was just like, she's my dog. Yeah. You know, you just have that sense. And I remember thinking, oh, maybe I can, I'll go to a animal rescue because then I can help the animal, not realizing how much she was going to do for me. And I feel like definitely the stress that that study showed when you're able to have that kind of comfort. There's something that makes, you just can't walk into the room and, and be as stressed out when there's this like adorable... Who's unconditional pile of love. Exactly. Unconditional love. Mm-hmm. You come home. They're always happy to see you. And they know, they're, as we all know, they're so sensitive. They know when you've had a bad day. They know when you need some extra snuggling. And they're always there. And they're always loving. It's I, I can't think of a better situation. Yeah, yeah. Now, they can, of course, increase stress, too. Sure. We both have been through that. Sure. I think most pet owners have when your animal has a 
a health crisis. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or you're stressed about trying to figure out who's going to take care of my pet when I'm away. So how do you personally balance all that out? Very big questions and very, very important questions to think about. And I know we'll be emphasizing not a decision to make lightly. Uh, for for Tom and for me, for my husband and for me, um, very big questions about you because they're entirely dependent on you, as we all know. I mean, they're they're small children who who don't ever actually become independent. Uh, for us, it's it's just very important to have like-minded people, either walking them or or taking care of them. And I keep coming back to that. And it's it's I, if I ask for a recommendation, I will say to you or to anyone, are they as obsessive about the dog's safety and and well-being as I am because mm-hmm. I'm completely obsessive. Personally, for me, I think personal recommendations are a great way mm. to to yeah. find the kind of caregivers that you that you can go on a trip and you know that they'll they'll be fine. They'll yeah. be better than fine. People who love animals as much as you do. Yeah, I love your point about being as obsessed as you are. I remember Jill, who I think you know, yes. who you've met, who takes care of my dog when we are away. She, uh, on 4th of July, was worried about dropping Via, our dog, off yeah. because of, you know, fireworks. Absolutely. Were there going to be anything close? And she sent me so many questions, and each one made me so happy. I just thought, because when I give instructions for a pet sitter, it's like a manual. <laughs> and I'm like, if I could be this organized for my own life, everything would be much smoother. <laughs> so it's so nice that they're not going, oh, I can't believe she gave me these instructions. They're yes. actually like that, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Pets also bring more touch and cuddle into your life. And research shows that we release more oxytocin, the cuddle mm-hmm. hormone, the bonding hormone, when we are engaging with animals. It's one of the reasons that animals are so lovely as therapy in places where elderly people live who Absolutely. need more support. Yep. You know, it's it, it brightens your your day and I think that that also sets the stage for more interaction with your partner. Yes. You know, yes. there's just that yes. atmosphere. Do you yes. find that? Very much so. I, I'm I'm smiling because I'm thinking back, you know, as you know my my first husband, uh Dennis passed away. Um Almost 20 years ago, as it, as it turns out. And, um, you know, when you're married a long time, there are, there are moments when you're not getting along and you're having conflict. And when I, when I married Dennis, when I met Dennis and I married him, I always said I got two boys for the price of one because he had this wonderful, surly old cat, <laughs> Mr. Joe, who was just such a character. And Dennis once commented, we had been going through a little bit of a rough patch. This was back in New York. And he once said, you know... The way that we're able to communicate is about Mr. Joe because we were having a hard time talking to each other. And when he said that, I thought, gosh, he's absolutely right because it would because we were both so focused on making sure Mr. Joe was okay in our day to day routine that I could say, oh, did you feed him? And even when I didn't feel like saying a word to him, I would have to. (laughs) And that that opens to me, at least, August, that opens that keeps the minimal channel of communication open. And that's a good thing. I like that. Yeah. It's really true. It's really true. And once you have a shared priority, because I feel like when there's a concern about a pet, suddenly it doesn't matter if you were arguing about who did this, you know, who forgot to do this, Mm -hmm. who said what or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you need to take care of something. Uh, If you're concerned, I feel like it automatically, I remember when, Zoe had a her first health issue. She had to have surgery yeah. on her leg, yeah. and uh, my husband was so there was no question. He was just like, "We we pay for that." Absolutely. You know, it, it, there Absolutely. were people who would not do that. Like Absolutely. to me, that is what I look for in a person is that kind of compassion. Ho- hopefully, throughout you know your whole life. But I do think that there's something very special about caring for animals. Because animals, I feel like we have a responsibility as humans because animals. They roamed around in nature. Mm-hmm. We come in. We take over. Mm-hmm. We owe them mm-hmm. to take care of them. And, and so often we get in their way. And so I feel like they deserve really good lives. I think that's really beautifully said. And for me, it, 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 it comes back to kindness. And I think in terms of a reflection of, of a person's values, a huge litmus test for me is how they treat the vulnerable among us. Children, the elderly you mentioned, um, animals. I don't think you can be, I honestly do not think you can be a kind and decent person without being kind to animals. I think you're right. I really do. 
And you're such a good example. I Thanks, was telling our wonderful sound engineer, Mackenzie. She is lovely. She is. I just met her for the first time she's today. Wonderful. She's delightful. And so talented yeah. and such a wonderful soul. And yeah. I uh, was saying, you're about to meet one of the kindest people oh, I've ever known. That means the world to me. Thank and you. And your heart for animals, I think it, it shows. So financial costs can be another con. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And... They aren't necessarily cheap. Gosh, they're not. They're investments, right? Yes, they are. It can be very expensive. Um, You know, I have had for certain animals, depending on their age, I've had the insurance, and that has turned out to be a very good thing. So I certainly think it's something I would recommend at least looking into. Again, getting recommendations. It can be very expensive. Um, That is a reality. That's a reality that we all need to be prepared for. For me, especially with senior animals, and this, again, is just my personal philosophy, um, I I don't want to put them through a lot of stuff. For me, it's always been about quality of life rather than quantity. And that, I, I know there are people who feel differently. It's just that for me, I want to make sure that they're having a good quality of life. And sometimes, you know, when, when in it, I think it's probably one of those things where the vet has to say, well, we could do this, this, and this, and they would have another six months. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I want to put them through a whole bunch of stuff. Right. Is, when, they're, when they're advanced is seniors. Is it worth it when they yeah. are, yeah. you know, already fragile? And, and elderly. Yeah. So, so, again, something that I think about a lot when I think about, about veterinary care, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Vets are some of the in- most incredible people. Incredible. incredible. <laughs> I just can't imagine. First yeah. of all, the, the work, it's, yeah. I respect it. I do, too. But they also just tend to be really Amazing people. Amazing people. Amazing people. Yeah, yeah, it's true. There was a report in uh, ASPCA. They ah. did studies on how much a, a pet cost, yeah. and they said a medium-sized dog is likely to cost you more than $1,270 in your first year. And I was like, that doesn't sound like very much to me. No. I mean, that. I don't know if that's accurate. Well, I guess that's an average, maybe all over the country, different sure. rates, all that sure. kind of stuff. Sure. And I've never added it up. Yeah. So I don't really know. But, you know, there's the adoption fees and any medical care. But I really do think that pet insurance can be very helpful. Can be very helpful. We use Pets Best, which oh, has nice. been pretty good. I know SPCA has, a, has insurance as well. Nice. Something to check out. I, You know that I would say that animals are priceless. Yeah, and I do feel like we get so much in return. Yeah. It has to be worth that investment to you. If it's yeah. not, then maybe you're not the right person to exactly. have a pet. Exactly. Again, maybe that's – and it's – you know, August, I, I I'm, you know how, how – cut and dried I can be sometimes. I really do think that there are animal people and not animal people in the world. And if it's not for you, don't do it. Yeah. Do not do it. I agree. It. It's not kind to anyone, It's really. not kind to yeah. anyone. Yeah. And then you'll you'll have a dog. I mean, you know, I, I'm going to get on a soapbox for just a second. The phrase, well, we had a dog, but we had to get rid of him, makes me want, makes my head want to explode. Because if you've got a, you know, if you've had a dog for a couple of years and it's no longer fun and it's getting expensive and you're giving a seven or eight-year-old dog to a kill shelter, you're not doing you it's not fair it's not it's cruel yeah think about it don't then don't get the dog in the first place yeah that's really heartbreaking to yeah. me that that happens yeah yeah absolutely and i think it also takes a lot of self work and thought to know when you are ready to have a pet absolutely because i knew i was a dog person from mm. very early on but i also knew I couldn't take care of one well for a long time because I was traveling too much. I had a really unpredictable schedule. You know, I didn't know where I was going to be living. There's all these things that you just, and specifically why I was looking to move actually right next to you, Heidi, was I was looking for a place that did allow animals. And I think that knowing that is also important because we want, ideally, you're not just trying to get an animal because it's fun for you. You mm-hmm. want to be kind to the animal too mm-hmm. and give it a good life and all that. So yeah. that readiness thing is is pretty big. Vital. And I think as you were saying, it's it's a it's a, a function of self awareness. Because it you it is a responsibility. And you what if you decide to I sort of feel that way if you decide to have children. I don't sort of feel that way. I do feel that way. You've made a decision. You owe it to them to to give them a good life. Yeah. Can we pause just to say that Zoe was one of the most absolutely amazing mm-hmm. creatures, beings, <laughs> souls she was in the world? Yeah. 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 She was amazing. I really feel like she she changed my life mm-hmm. and she also helped me heal in ways I didn't know that mm. I need to heal. Well said. Emotionally yep. and yep. 
taught me so much. There's something about taking care of another being in yes. that way yes. and having that sort of connection because Zoe, Zoe was deaf. Yeah. And so we were she was always right next to me. Yeah. I'd be working and she's she was a very touched yeah centric yes. dog so yes. her foot would be like her yes. paw would be on my foot she was a big girl what did she weigh yeah she was like almost 90 pounds when i got her yeah that was a big girl. around 80 yeah. at yeah. the end but yeah. uh her head was about half of that i think <laughs> we sorry. called her pumpkin pumpkin head, head. yes yeah, yes. yeah. big pillowy squishy yeah. head and one softest softest one blue yeah. eye one yeah. brown eye yeah. Yeah. just yeah. a unique beautiful unique girl beautiful girl yeah, yeah. i have to i have to also quickly just mention that i will never forget um uh, toward the end, because we had Eunice, well, she was probably, I, I don't know how they determined this, but she was probably about 12 when we got her, and we had her for three absolutely glorious years. And her end, and I'm actually grateful for this, came very quickly. She got sick very quickly. I think that, I don't think, I know that Zoe knew that. And Zoe, I mean, what, Eunice was what, a fifth size of Zoe, maybe? Maybe, yeah. Zoe was the most, and, and Eunice was very fragile. Zoe was so gentle with her. And the last day that we had Eunice before she passed, I just know that Zoe knew because she was just especially focused on her. I remember in our front yard. Yeah, there was a moment. The moment where you just, I just thought, and in hindsight, I thought, no, Zoe knew. Yeah, because you didn't know yet. No No one knew yet. No, no, exactly. Yeah, they have an incredible sense that we yeah. don't have yeah absolutely and it's a neat thing to see how they can bond with yeah. other yeah. and i think because they were both special needs dogs yep. that eunice had two working legs yep. and zoe had no sense of hearing yep there was something extraordinary completely i have them. to say though my three my three current dogs uh in terms of senses that they have that we don't have slept through earthquakes are you serious? Yeah, thanks, guys. Really? No early warning? <laughs> so, yeah. I think, I mean, oh, because yeah. animals yeah. are supposed to predict. Yeah, exactly. That's nothing, really nothing, hilarious. Nothing. They're just snoring. Nothing. <laughs> it's rolling and they're not waking up, which I love. Which That's I love. so funny. Yeah. And I, I have that. a pit bull that if she gets scared because something's going on, she runs and jumps in the bed to hide. You know, like it's not a, like, yeah. take care of me. She's just like, no, take care of me. <laughs> but the, the bird is very... Oh, yes. Defensive well, and yes, strong, yes, so yes. we're in good hands. Yes. And we, we got this. Yes. Uh, one pro as well, which ties into what we were talking about, is stronger empathy and communication, yes. which comes from what you said, having to talk about the pets. I think that's one piece. But then also because of that oxytocin, mm-hmm. it's really closely linked with uh, – it's called nature's love glue. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's <gasps> been called that in different wow. – uh, specialties and uh, there's a study done in 2014 that showed that high levels tend to happen when we're falling in love and it they also happen when we are spending time with animals and specifically when dogs look at you in Mm, the eyes mm. it's I've heard it kind of compared to a hug like there's something that's they want you know if they're unless they're giving you that look like hey dude do something for me (laughs) or give me a snack now already there's a special look that is I think really loving yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's again, just, you know, especially if, if my husband's traveling and, you know, it's fine to be home alone, but you're not home alone. Mm-mm. I've been in uh, houses, I've stayed overnight in houses where, where I've been alone in the house, and it's, it's a little bit of a lonely feeling. You just don't get that when you have the puppies or the yeah. kitties there. It's I love wonderful. walking through the door, and I there do they too. are. Yeah, <laughs> it's I'm really so nice happy thing. to come home. I also, although August, and I don't know if Via does this, but God, I get that guilty look. When oh my leaving. gosh, yes. Oh, it but, is oh, and, she has a master's degree in that look. Yeah. I if I look through the window, yeah. she's sitting there with just this heartbroken yeah. Yeah. and it's like oh you just if I look too long I wouldn't I, leave. Oh no, I'd stay and God forbid the suitcases come out. Oh man. No, I that's know. the worst. That's the worst. Aww. The look when the suit and they're so smart. Do your dogs I know some dogs, I think Eunice did this, mm. would get a little rebellious after you come home from a trip? Oh, yeah. Did they? She broke my heart one time. And Maggie, the late, great beagle Maggie, Aww. did this. When um, one time Eunice, uh, when we had to go back east for my, my my dad was ill, we had to go back east. And when we were there for a couple of weeks, August, and she, she might as well have ripped my heart out and chewed on it. She wouldn't for the first, and Maggie did the same thing. For the first 15 minutes, half an hour we were back, she would not look at me. Eunice literally turned her back to me. And I just thought I would just burst. I mean, I did start crying. You know. Oh, my gosh. Is that a beagle thing? I wonder if it's a beagle thing. It just was so painful. And, you know, you don't know. I mean, if someone said, well, it'll be 15 minutes, she'll be fine. But for those 15 minutes or half hour, it was the longest time ever. And then she forgave me. 
<laughs> and then I felt much better. But it's it's hard. It's hard to. That's actually something else to think about. It's, it's hard to be away from them. It's 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 hard to travel for long periods. It's not hard. It's just an, it's something else you have to consider. Right. Yeah. It's absolutely true. And the less freedom that mm-hmm. some people perceive that is a potential con. Now mm-hmm. I was actually looking. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it less freedom, but mm. I wanted more boundaries in my life was one of the reasons I wanted wonderful, Zoe. Wonderful. Because I felt like I was, you know, doing my acting thing wonderful. and doing all these social things. And I just felt like I want to be more responsible. I want to have a reason to be home. That's a beautiful way of putting it. I absolutely love that. And it, it becomes a, a reason in the sense of the obligation, okay, the responsibility, and the incredible joy. Yeah, that's what was really striking to me is how much... It's not just I need to be home. You're mm-hmm. like, I really want to be Absolutely. there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's Absolutely. a nice thing. So this ties into a question that we have from a listener on freedom. And I guess this is pretty common. This question came from Flynn. Flynn wrote this. Hi, I saw that you're doing an episode about pets and have an issue I would love some help with. My boyfriend and I adopted two dogs who have become huge parts of our family. They sleep in our bed with us, though, which makes spontaneous sex around bedtime or during the night non-existent. I'm not sure what I'm asking exactly. Neither of us want to move them from our bedroom at night. There are no other problems with that. I guess I just miss sex how we used to have it from Flynn. Here is what Dr. Megan Fleming of Great Life, Great Sex had to say. Flynn, great question and one I hear often as a sex therapist because it's certainly not uncommon that dogs or even cats can be either a cock blocker or lead to coitus interruptus. And so, you know, if you're going to speak to a trainer, you know, they would say when it, if your pet is getting in the way that you really need to show them sort of who's alpha, who's boss and in charge. And so whether that's training them to not jump up on the bed or going back to crate training, right? Giving them a comfortable place for them to hang out while you get to enjoy the spontaneity in the bedroom. But I'm also hearing you say, kind of you both would like them to stay. So, you know, that's where it's a bit more challenging. Um, because it's unclear to me sometimes, it's not uncommon that uh, dogs can get protective and, and they can sort of bare their teeth. And, you know, it's I've certainly heard they can go after at the wrong time, uh, sort of the breasts or the genitals. So uh, for safety reasons, really, it's about taking your dogs out of the room and behind the closed door. And hopefully they're not the ones to be sort of whining, barking, scratching at the door. But again, that often happens. So, you know, you can turn up the music or moan louder um, or just recognize that you're just going to have to be creative. So another strategy that a lot of my clients use and can be really helpful is either um, a food dispensing toy or sort of those bully sticks or rawhide, something that's really going to distract them, a toy or, or food that's going to distract them or take their attention. So other than getting them out of the bedroom, raising the music, giving them something to distract them, and or hoping that they're just the kind of pets that are going to sleep and look the other way. I don't know that there's a more elegant solution here. Um, But I think, you know, if it's important to you both that you train your dogs, right, that they're not always in bed. Like bed is a time for sleeping, but when you're sexy and sexy time, that they have another place to go. Um, You know, as I said, no perfect answer here, but as always would love to hear what you choose to do and how it goes. Thank you so much, Dr. Megan. I love so much of what she said. Great it's really answer. brilliant. Great answer. Yeah, yeah. I was trying not to laugh at the, <laughs> the moaning really... louder. Can you imagine? I mean, it's a good tip, yeah. but I just was picturing myself trying to moan as loud as possible, and I, I feel like that might be not the most sexy thing. <laughs> but if you can do so in a sexy way, I think that's great. I think it's great. You I know. I, 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 the, the attacking, the I'm, I couldn't help but giggle. I mean, it's not yeah. funny, but the attacking the generals, like, what's that? Because they're like, what's going on? What, There's some different smells that? right now. What's that? Yeah, or thinking that someone is attacking exactly. somebody. Or, exactly. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Zia wants to get involved in any affection. So if you hug around her, she will j- dive in. If you kiss around her, she will lick you everywhere. So it's not like she can be in the room. No. Does she sleep in the room? Not anymore. Oh. No, she did. Uh, But I think that one thing I heard in this question was that 
Flynn is missing the spontaneity. Absolutely. It sounds like she was like, we're used to it in the middle of the night. We can yeah, just grab each other. Sure. Which is, I, I could see that being a big change. Yeah. But I think it's also important, and Dr. Megan has talked about this before, is that planned sex can be just as exciting Isn't and sometimes wonderful? more. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you know that you are looking forward mm, to, mm, we're going to have this mm. time. Anticipation And is I wonderful. personally yeah. prefer sex not right before bed because it wakes me up and me too me yeah. too so yes maybe yes exploring a new tradition yes god that's a lovely idea what a lovely way to look at it let's find a new tradition yeah that's lovely one thing about bully sticks if yeah. you're having the dog in the room <laughs> they really stink that's, just fyi light hilarious. some candles i didn't know that that's yeah. hilarious well, i think they have like stink free ones or yeah. something but that they yeah via loves those yeah love, we have we have uh with eunice we were on vacation once, and we always love to go to dog-friendly hotels. And one time in the afternoon, we were having as the song, one of my favorite songs from my, my high school years, Afternoon Delight. And Eunice interpreted that as Tom attacking Mommy and just went crazy barking. Oh, my god! Yeah, so that was – and then, of course, Tom and I couldn't stop laughing. So, Do you know what Zoe did once? Yeah. So I got invited to be on some radio show in L.A. Mm. This was years ago. And – at the time, I was doing some singing here and there, and so mm. it was it was to promote something. And uh, the host said, "Bring something you love." So I brought a gigantic American bulldog. Oh God, that how made wonderful! Sense to me. Yes, thank you, Heidi. I thought it was a good idea. We got in there, and there was this guy there who was like a little creepy. Oh no! And he was very kind of like schmoozy with me. <gasps> and v- Zoe, excuse me, she she didn't hurt him. Yeah, but she went for his crotch and took a hole out of his jeans right there. I love her even more now. <laughs> I love her even more. I think my parents were happy about that, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well, she, yeah. I mean, she was a terrific judge of character. Yeah. As we have seen many, many times. Yeah. yeah. Very perceptive. So yeah. can we talk about writing a little bit? Oh, gosh, yes, I'd love to. You know I always love to talk about writing and Yay. reading, two of my favorite subjects. Yes. Yeah. So you have this wonderful book coming out soon. How do you feel about the release. Do you have a lot of different emotions? Are you excited? Do you feel vulnerable? Everything. That's such a, again, such a great question. Uh, Tremendously excited. And as you know, from your own experience, when you put, gosh, anything out into the world, um, it's no longer sequestered in your home or in your mind. When you put yourself out into the world, when you put your creative work out into the world, I think you're vulnerable. I think it's, it's uh, you know, there, I've always said it's just a lesson to me. One of my favorite novels of all time, Owen Meany, A Prayer for Owen Meany by John Irving. I have spoken to people. To me, that novel is perfect. Everything is perfect. And I've spoken to people who hated it. Mm-hmm. And I mean hated it with a passion. No single piece of work is ever going to have universal acclaim. But when you read a comment on Amazon or Goodreads that isn't laudatory, for want of a better way to describe it, it's really hard. So vulnerable, yes. Also incredibly excited. And isn't that life itself, you know, yeah. incredibly exciting and, and and vulnerable. It's so true. And vulnerability is where we grow so much, right? Absolutely. So it's, Absolutely. it's a strengthening thing. I, mm. I'm glad that we both have experience being published before so that it's not uh, – you get – better at dealing with I think, I think that's I think criticism so. yeah. but I've actually you know you try to prepare yourself for certain yeah. things I don't know that you would get as many trolls uh, given that our, our right. content right because right. um, you write fiction right. and writing about women's sexuality is very taboo to a lot of people I can't imagine and so I've tried to just you know I know what's coming like I yeah. know this they're gonna say this they're gonna say that yeah. but here's the thing I've learned about trolls they will find a way yeah to get to that spot where you aren't expecting it. Interesting. And so I set boundaries for myself with things like, first of all, I may not, I say this, I may not read reviews. I'll probably read them at first. Sure. But there will be a point where I may, and at certain times when I don't feel I can go through that right mm, now, or mm. like right before bed, mm-hmm, you know. Abs- not before not bed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're talking about something that, I, a subject you and I have discussed before that is so near and dear to, to both our hearts, self-care. Yeah. Self-care. So big. It all comes down to that. It's so important, especially because a book release requires so much more than the book being available, Absolutely. Right? We're Absolutely. doing so many events coming yes, up. Yes. I'm sorry. We're doing them on both coasts. Yes. So we have Book Soup yes, on the, August 30th. August 30th. And by the way, what a great name for a month. You like May it? I just always add that. <laughs> and Book Soup in West Hollywood, August yes. 30th, the nicest team of people on earth at Book Soup. I can't 
thank them enough and we're going to have so much fun. Yes, we're going to do readings, yep. it's going to be fun chats, and then yeah. we're going to be in New York Yay. and we have several events. Yeah. One is called Venus Unleashed Tales <laughs> of Transformation. I and, love that, Heidi. And it, it's at, a, it's at a, a literary space and it's also a bar. So, yeah. so even if you aren't into our stuff, you'll really like it after a while. I, it'll just be it's better like and better. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yes. And at that space, I feel like uh, often I read or I'm planning to read my sex ed story and some mm. of the they're good introductory kind of mainstream topics. But because we're going into a kind of a theme of growth and renewal, mm. I may be reading some pretty vulnerable. <gasps> wow. August, like that's great. soul stuff. Because I feel great. like the lineup we have yeah. with also with Terry Emery and yeah. Maureen Salini. Yeah, it's going to be have, great. Yeah. It's going to be really fun. And then we have the live podcast, a yes. live Girlfriend on Radio. So I'm so excited. happy you're coming, Heidi. I can't wait to be in the audience. I'm just so thrilled. Uh, it's at the V Club in New York City at 7 p.m. on September 4th. And then we have an event in Astoria, right? Mm-hmm. Astoria Bookshop. Mm-hmm. On September 5th. It's going to be so much fun. And New York. I mean, you and I have spent, we've each spent a lot of time in New York. What a great, great, great city. And I just can't wait. Yeah. So folks can find more details on our websites. Yeah. If you go to augustmclaughlin.com, heidimastergiovanni.com, click on the events or appearances, and we would totally love to see you there. It'd be so much fun to have you there. Come join us. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you hope that people take away? When you're writing... Let's take this book, for example, the mm. one that you are releasing now. Mm. Is Standing Room Only, did you go into that with a, a specific goal or a primary goal? What do you want to provide? I always, I, again, that's such a great question. I, For me, and this is, you know, we talk about self-care, and I think you have to have self-awareness to have, to know what to do for yourself, to care for yourself. As I live longer, as I get older... I realized I, I would. I'm not a novelist. I'm a. I'm a humorist. I'm a comedic novelist. I want to make people laugh. I share a birthday with P.G. Woodhouse, who's one of my favorite authors of all time. You know the Jeeves and and Worcester series, and uh, I absolutely adore him. Also Nietzsche, and I have a birthday on the same day, which I think is you know how strangely opposite poles. How wonderful! But I want to make people laugh. So I want Lala's story to divert, to entertain. And then there are moments where I do want people to uh, feel the, the poignancy of, of lost love. Mm. And I'm working on the prequel now, and it is going to involve writing about her first husband's death. Wow. And I'm just going to put words on paper for a first draft, and I'm going to see how that turns out, because I am a humorist, and I want to see what we can do with that. But it's going to be interesting to see how that turns out Mm, how beautiful can you share with people who aren't familiar just who is lala and what is the nutshell of this latest book that's 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 uh again i just always appreciate your questions you have the most marvelous questions darling and um the the second book is about uh the first book was about finding love again the second book is about trusting love again. It, not in not in terms of. Um, I mean, her biggest dilemma is what if he dies? What if he dies? I can't be widowed twice. She was widowed once. I can't be widowed twice. I just can't do that. Mm. And you know, I think the message is that that when we talk about vulnerability, you take chances in life every day. And yeah. you you know, it's it's and Lala is you know Lala. I am Lala. Lala is me. <laughs> yeah. We share so many similarities. She yeah. she adopts senior dogs. She's a writer. She loves words. Um, she is a woman in her forties who loses her husband and has to start over again. Mm. And you are very effective at entertaining people. Thank you. You know that that means the world to me because so <laughs> ditto. So are you. You entertain you. and enlighten. And I have read parts of drafts of Girl Boner. And I can't wait to hold in my hands the actual copy. Mm. I'm getting it on release. And how wonderful to say I'm getting it on release. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yes, all the levels, all the levels of meaning of that word. Um, you know, August, I just, I feel like it's, it's uh, when I, the, the drafts that I've read, um, it's just essential. It's essential. It's desktop 
I, I will refer to it the same way that I refer to the elements of style by Strunk and White when I'm looking for writing advice. It's life and love and sexuality advice. And I think everybody is just so enriched by that. So I cannot say enough. Thank you. I can't Maria. thank you enough. I can't. I can't that thank you enough. That means so much from you. And it means a lot that you said it's entertaining because that's was one of my goals. I don't want to preach to people. I you don't never want do. to. Yeah. I want people to go on a journey and have fun and feel like they have a friend in it. Yeah. And so that that has been a big goal for me. And and really, so much of it came from listeners. Mm. They guided me so much without trying to, you know, because the questions that I receive and the messages that I receive have been so critical in choosing what content is the most pertinent and what is missing, what we all are hungry for, kind of the things that unify us are the things that we feel the most obscure about. Mm. So, yeah, I I really appreciate that. It's going to be really fun to be touring around with our latest releases. I have to also, if I just may add, um, again, getting on my soapbox and especially for women of all ages, uh, you know, you and I are separated by a generation. And your mother, who who is of my generation, is just one of the people I love most in the world. Shout out to mom. Hey, mom. Um, and, uh, you know, now more than ever, I want women to feel empowered. I just really do. I mean, I was around in the 70s when we did these fights the first time. I can't believe it's 2018 and we have to do them again. And I just want to thank you. I want to thank mm-hmm. Girl Boner for making women feel the right to... F- the right to be strong, the right to feel strong, the, the right to demand and expect to be valued. We deserve autonomy. Yep. And we, we deserve to embrace our full selves, which yep. includes our sexuality. And Very much so. To me, sexual empowerment is so much more than having sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, it's not about, it's not even about actually having sex. Mm-hmm. That's related. Yep. Um, but it's, it's really allowing us to have our, our birthright yes. of pleasure yes. and however we define to make our own decisions to have autonomy yeah, as you yeah. said i mean that, that 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 to me is such a given apparently not apparently not. it's not a given the fight is not over yeah. when do we surrender never never ever never ever so i want to go back to you were sharing that you're going to write a prequel mm-hmm. you're going to address these topics of of mourning and grief and renewal in in light of those things which also ties i think a lot into one of the reasons people will decide not to have a pet, actually. Mm. Uh, a fear of losing the pet, because that is a really heart-wrenching it's thing. It's really awful. Really heart-wrenching. Yeah. And I have to say, I was terrified when yeah. I met Zoe that, like, my heart broke already. Because I thought, unless something really horrible happens to me, yeah. I'm going to be there, and she's not going to be there. Absolutely. She's, she's going to pass. And I committed to, you know... I even said to her in my own way, even though she was deaf, I feel like she could feel it. Yeah. And I said, you tell me when it's time because I Absolutely. need And what was crazy was by the time it was time for her to leave us, yeah. I was strong enough mm. to get through that because of what she had given me. Absolutely. And I feel and felt in the moment that she passed, I could feel her heart mm. Entering, like, I feel like my heart is shaped like this big pumpkin head of a bulldog. And she's such a part of me. And I know that not everybody can move on after the loss of a pet. Um, You have to grieve and you Mm -hmm. have to. And Mm -hmm. I went to a pet loss support group. Mm -hmm. I I really tried to focus again on self-care. But it's not an easy thing. And I know that some people, you know, because they're so dependent on us, it can be a really life-altering thing, especially if it's, like, sudden. And, Absolutely. Um, it's, but how you know. do you – because you obviously deal with that more than some pet owners because you are adopting these dogs yeah. when they are yeah. much closer yeah. to the end. It's it's uh, There's a sentence that when you were describing Zoe um, – Again, just one of the most remarkable spirits that I've ever had the great, great, great privilege of knowing. Um, I was thinking, well, the only thing worse than losing Zoe would have been to never have had her at all. And I just wouldn't try. And truly, they take a piece of your heart with them. They truly do. And I think there's there's a saying somewhere where with each dog you have, and I know this applies to cats as well, when they take a piece of your heart, your heart becomes more dog-like. 
Mm-hmm. And then, then you just become a better person, and I, I yeah. absolutely believe that because they are love. They are yeah. absolute love. Um, as much as I miss Eunice, as much as I miss Maggie, as much as I miss every cat and dog that I've ever lost, the only thing that would be worse is not having known them at all. Yeah. And it's a privilege to help them. Do you know, honestly, it's when my first husband passed away because he was in hospice because he had cancer. It's a privilege to be with, with beings at the end of mm. their lives. It's it's a, And if you can... If you can bring, it's heart-wrenching, but yeah. if you can bring any comfort to them, and you can, and it's a responsibility, and it's something that, that one takes on, um, I think, with joy, at least, you know, people like you and I do, um, it's a privilege. I, I wouldn't, I, I mean, it's it's something that you learn so much from. Yeah, yeah. I look back at, uh, I had about six months with Zoe knowing that she was going to pass, which was longer than we thought. Yeah. But it was one of the most special times I've ever had. It's hard. It's also so special. What did you learn from that experience going through that with your first husband? I know you've told me that that changed you. Everything. Which is so interesting because I believe you told me that you weren't as kind before, and I can't imagine that being you. You're so sweet to say that, and I, I, I appreciate it. I, I would say, I mean, it changed everything. It really is to me before and after. Um, I was so glib before he got sick. I, I just feel like I skated on the surface of everything. And I would say that the biggest change for me was a growing sense of how important awareness is. I just didn't pay attention before. And I'd like to think that now I, I pay more attention, and, and I, I value time and energy and people much, much, much more. Mm-hmm. And value, to me, is one of the most important words. When we talk about animals, August, you know, it's, it's for me and a partner, I, I, would, I just couldn't be with someone who didn't love animals the way I do. Because we share those values. You know, again, with Dennis, when I met him, he had that great cat. And I, if, if I have a moment to just tell a very, very, very quick story. When I first met Dennis, um, we were in his small apartment in New York City a lot. He had that wonderful cat. I suddenly discovered that I was terribly, terribly, horribly allergic to cats. I mean, bent over with asthma, unable to breathe allergic. And I went to a wonderful allergist, who's someone I still adore. And he uh, gave me the standard. I guess he has to. You know, well, you're allergic to cats. We've done the tests. You have to get rid of the cat. And my response was, that's not going to happen. Tell me what I have to do to live with him. When I came back to the apartment to tell Dennis that story, I didn't, before I said, and I told him that wasn't going to happen, and I said, the doctor said, you have to get rid of the cat. Dennis cut me off and said, well, that's not going to happen. He was here first. (laughs) And August, that made me love him more Mm. because I knew he was loyal. Yeah. So how I, did you deal with the allergies? You can do it. We, I got shots, which is not that bad a thing. It builds up your tolerance. Mr. Joe, who at first was annoyed and then seemed to like it, would get baths professionally at a groomer once a week. You can wipe, especially with cats because they have the saliva on their furs because they, they clean themselves so much. Um, you can wipe them down every morning with a cloth. There is so much information now on the Internet about how you can live with a pet with allergies. I am, I am living proof. So is Tom. When Tom met me and I had my three cats, he was allergic. And he said to the allergist, I'm not going to give my girlfriend the ultimatum because I know who <laughs> she would pick. You know, so yeah. Oh my gosh. That's really good to know. Yeah. I had no idea because I, I imagine that would be a, a challenging thing, but it's, it's nice to know that you can work around it. You and can if do you know it. in advance, yep. you can potentially get yep. a non allergenic breed, the, a hairless they, cat. They, or... they, they exist. I mean, you know, with rescue, it's, it's a little bit more difficult. Air purifiers, uh, removing carpeting, there's all kinds of stuff you can do. I was bent over with asthma. And I have lived happily with cats for many years. You I can do it. I have seen it. And you have seen so it. So I will attest You've known you. them all. Yes, yes. Yes, yeah. yes. Thank you so much for being here. I don't want to leave. I'm just going to just sit here forever. I love being with you. I love visiting with you. Thank you so much for having me, August. Would you share a piece of advice for anybody who does want to begin again, as Lala so beautifully does and has as you have done. I, I would be honored to. I was thinking about that because I know we had spoken about that before. And uh, for me, when I was starting over again, and sometimes you start over again because you want to, and sometimes you have to because life circumstances change. I have found that the way that I can remain, for me personally, in my experience, the way that I can remain the most optimistic, the most energized, the most positive, 
is to consciously choose to surround myself with people who share my values and to consciously choose to engage in activities that reflect my values. Mm. What would be an example for you? When Dennis passed, shortly thereafter, um, I started volunteering more. And I was in, we, were, we had moved from New York to L.A. together, Dennis and I. Dennis was a wonderful actor. And uh, I, when I started volunteering with Animal Rescue, it was a reason to focus on hope mm. and on, on a, a new beginnings again for these animals and, yeah. uh, and positive outcomes. And for me, volunteering is just one of the things that, that, that has the most meaning. I think a life that reflects your values, that has meaning for you, is a really great way to move forward. Yeah. That's also my favorite dating advice. Yeah. If you're looking for somebody, instead of focusing Brilliant. on trying to find a mm-hmm. person, mm-hmm. work on yourself and yep. put yourself out there and yep. have fun. And yep. you just never know who you're Do things meet. that have meaning for you. Yeah. Because you're going to – personally, I just feel that that's, that's the best way. Yeah. To meet friend, friend, to meet friends, to meet partners, mm-hmm. to yeah. meet colleagues, and to change the world when we unite. To change the world. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. do things together. Yeah. It's more fun. We're a community. It's so true. I've always felt that we're a community. All wherever you are, it's a community. Yeah. Yeah. Tell people where they can find you. Speaking of community, I know you're active on social media. You have a gorgeous website by <laughs> Thank Layered you. Saber. Yes, who, who is amazing, who you recommended to me. Uh, Memphis, Memphis McKay is her, is her company. Can't say enough good things. Not only a brilliant designer, but also one of the nicest people on earth. Wonderful to work with. And has an adorable pug. Oh, my God. So precious. And when you do Skype with her. Oh, I haven't. Pug okay. comes. Yeah. I'm going to come up yeah. with a question yeah. for her just yeah. so I can Skype with her. Yeah, absolutely. Her. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, Heidi dot com, And um, on Twitter, uh, just get ready for me to just cur- curse like a sailor. And uh, I am not shy about my political opinions. I'm a raging liberal Democrat. So that's that's on Twitter. I do have a, a Facebook author page. Heidi Master Giovanni talking about stuff she's written and stuff. <laughs> and I would love for you to come visit. And that would that would be lovely to, to visit my author page. And, hey. yeah. Beautiful. And I hope everyone who is listening will pre-order Lala, both the first book and the second book. And Girl Boner. Only. Girl Boner. And you can now actually buy Girl Boner <laughs> starting today. You Yay. don't even have to pre-order it. Yay. The digital version comes out today and the hardcover releases next week and I would love to hear what you think so please drop me a note find me on social media or email me through my website augustmclaughlin.com and if you're enjoying Girl Boner Radio please subscribe on iTunes if you haven't you can also follow along on Spotify or iHeartRadio thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week